lovelies, Passion Pod 84. How you doing? Hope you're really, really good. Another cracker this week. I know I say it nearly every time, but they're just brilliant. And not that I'm biased or anything. Uh, Passion Pod 84 is courtesy of Tara Button. Firstly, what a cracking name. We get a good collection of good names on here, don't we? Uh, Tara has set up Buy Me Once, which is a website. She'll tell you all about it, but it's all focused around buying goods that are basically sustainable. You buy it once. Kind of does what it says on the tin. And there's an amazing story behind why she set it up and a real insight into the environmental issues that she's really trying to rally against, which is terrifying, let me just warn you. But yeah, wicked idea, I think. Your turn to have a listen now. Tara. You're listening to Passion Pod 84 with Tara Button from buymeonce.com. Uh, so, in a nutshell, tell me, buy me once, couple of sentences, yeah. what is it if I've never heard anything about it? If you've never heard of it, buy me once is a website you can go to to buy things that are built to last. So, it's about trying to throw away our throwaway culture and make good decisions and buy things that um, will last longer, which means that you don't have to buy the same thing again and again. So it's a, such a cracking idea. Where, How on earth did you come up with it? Talk us through a little bit of a timeline. Okay, so um, I actually looked up looked this up and it was actually quite a long time ago that I came up with the idea because I realised I registered the site name in March 2013. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did come up with it a while ago and... Um, I tried really hard to ignore the idea for a while because I think I knew it was going to be a lot of work. Um, but I decided after the idea nagged me for about a year that I just really needed to go for it. So I did. But the idea came to me when I was given a Le Creuset pot by my lovely um, little sister. I'm very and jealous. I, I feel like I'll have made it in life when I have a Le Creuset to cook in. I'm yet to get there. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something wonderful about them. They're really beautiful. They're really tactile. They're just made so wonderfully solidly and they feel like an heirloom when you hold one. So I had this pot and I just thought, I wish more things were like this. I wish that all of my kitchenware was going to be an heirloom that I passed down to my grandchildren. Because, I mean, apart from anything else, it would be something off my list of things to do, you know, pots, <laughs> tick. Um, so, I mean, that's the lazy side of things. But also I realized that if more things were like this, that there would be much uh, less landfill that people would be throwing away things less that would actually save money in the long run so it just seemed to kind of make sense and so I looked for a site that gathered together things that were built to last and I didn't really find one so I thought that maybe I should be the one to build one. It slowly dawned on you that your life was about to change. Yeah well despite the fact that I didn't know how to build a website and had never really taken any interest in durable products before this time suddenly <laughs> sure. because I had idea I kind of felt a responsibility towards the idea and um, I felt like I had to pursue it. So it's got a real conscience behind it hasn't it this the whole idea of buy me once is, is, is yeah just very aware of a lot of things what what is the, what is the idea behind all of that? So one of the reasons why um, a project like buy me once I think is important is because 
of the culture we live in today is very much a throwaway society. Yeah, so, more than ever. You mean, you notice it with clothes, especially, I think that. Clothes exactly. are just crazy. The turnover of what's accepted. It's just crazy. Apart from it the is, pants that I've been wearing insane. since I was about 13. But, you know, those aside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, it is insane. I actually have quite a crazy um, statistic on, on that. So about 13.1 million in tons of clothes and fabric is thrown away in the US every year. It's very hard to imagine 13.1 million tons though. I mean, you imagine that it's quite no. a, a big amount, like if you're trying to imagine a big pile of clothes, but it's hard to get your head around. So I worked it out in terms of buses. So, you know, the American Greyhound buses. Yeah, okay, like a sort of so, coach sort of vibe. Exactly. So that's about 18 tons. So if you imagine a traffic jam of Greyhound buses, bumper to bumper, all the way from LA to New York. Oh, my and God. back again. So there's not even space in our country to do that analogy, is there? No, no there isn't. <laughs> wow, that is insane. My God. Yes, it's insane. And I think it's really important for us to get our heads around actually how wasteful we are at the moment. And that's why it's really important to, to start on this process of trying to find things that are more durable and also challenging manufacturers to do better because they can do better. The technology is there. It's just that at the moment, it's they don't feel it's in their interests. But also, it's the fact that it makes them more money. But if things are breaking, they can charge us for another couple of them. It's, it's going to be a difficult one because everything's so driven by that profit. Yeah, I mean, I think they've obviously worked out that they feel it's it's better for them. But I mean, it's, it's so short-sighted environmentally. And yeah. actually, I feel that there's a wonderful niche in the market for the one manufacturer that goes actually no I'm going to make a kettle that lasts 50 years yeah absolutely it's like crying out for it I would buy it I know I know several hundred thousand people who buy it because they've all emailed me yeah no it makes complete sense it makes complete sense scary statistics that wow yeah it's great that you've got all of that driving you forward with the business you know it's so nice to have not only just a really novel idea but also to have I don't know, it's so cheesy, but the passion of all this stuff behind it, it makes such a difference, it really does, I think. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's definitely the thing that keeps me going when I'm tired and it's four in the morning and my head hurts and things are going wrong on the site, then you need to have that core drive. Otherwise, you know, you will you will just kind of crumble and be like, well, actually, I'll just leave this for, to someone else to do because uh, I can't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It gets to that stage of like, right, that's it. That's it's just I need my life back. So take us back to before you started Buy Me Once. What were you doing? What's your background? How, how did you get to that sort of place? So for the last seven years, I've been working in advertising as a creative copywriter. So my job was to write scripts and uh, TV ads and radio ads. Um, so I had a, I had a creative job. So my job was to come up with good ideas and then slowly as this idea progressed I spent more and more of my free time doing it and then when the Telegraph article came out in January I got such an amazing reaction from all around the world I walked into my boss's office and said I think this is my shot at doing something really interesting and meaningful and I think I have to leave. And oh, it's I giving me I... sweaty palms just hearing you talk about it like that. <laughs> God, big moment. Yeah, and I said, I, I, I need to leave today. 
Oh my gosh, wow. And Lovely. I'm, Did you swan out of there with a Beyonce style walk or something? <laughs> no, it was really strange because I didn't really get a chance to say goodbye to anyone because I was so determined to kind of get back and, and, and start getting at it that I kind of, I mean, I said goodbye to the couple of people who were kind of around me at the time and then I just walked out. Oh my gosh, wow. So was um, this Telegraph article, that was your first big bit of press then? How, tell us a bit more about yeah, that. I was approached by a journalist on Twitter who was actually randomly a friend of my literary agent's assistant because uh, I always also write books I write children's books oh wow and I mean it was very random and she was interested in what I was doing because I started a petition to try and change the law in the UK to prevent planned obsolescence and so she was interested in this but while I was talking to her I talked about the website and she was also interested in that and she pitched the story to a few newspapers and it was the Telegraph that was interested God amazing um, power of Twitter once again you're going to have to just tell me what planned obsolescence is I'm sorry to be ignorant but can you just tell me what that is Sure so planned obsolescence is when companies make things that are purposefully built to break or, or products that perhaps can't be fixed. Huh. It, it's a way of making your product obsolete on purpose. And, and it's a pretty evil practice. I was going to say, a bit of a dark art, that one. I mean, yeah, horrible. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it, it really gets my goat. It, it really <laughs> is not a good thing for the planet. It's very short-sighted, I feel, uh, in terms of um, manufacturing practice. And, I mean, it, it's something that a lot of manufacturers use, whether they would um, admit it or not, or yeah. couch it in those terms, because a lot of them will say, oh, well, you know, we made changes to our product to make it more efficient or something like that but actually at the same time they're making it unfixable or they're making it less durable in some way so yeah it's pretty pretty nasty idea really so you were kind yeah. of doing these bits and pieces on the side that petition you were mentioning and stuff that was all going on in the background of you doing your copywriting then it was all bubbling away yes that's correct yeah it's something I was doing in my inverted commas free time <laughs> yeah, that magical word how did you then make it work financially when you made that move to step off and just do buy me one as your, your sole focus obviously I imagine at that time I don't know what stage you were at did you have your website up and running like how were you how are you making a living at, at that stage in the game so the website was up and running um, I had a few um, bits and pieces of savings um, uh, which is which is handy and my boyfriend basically assured me he wouldn't let me starve <laughs> oh he's a kind guy he's a kind guy you know he's a keeper when he's giving you that as a vibe don't you <laughs> so exactly. I'll stick around a little bit longer okay exactly. so the site isn't fully monetized yet it's bringing in um some money but probably not enough to live on at the moment uh, but I'm hoping that as the site grows and as more of the site is monetized, um, that will be something that I'll be able to live off and be able to grow and, and hire some help because I'd really could do with a, an intern right now. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, I know that feeling. Uh, are you also still doing your writing then? Are you still doing your children's book writing? Yes, and I really want to. I really want to keep that up. It's kind of on hold over the next few weeks as because um, it's a really intense time for the site and I'm just very aware that I need to make sure that when people come to the site at this really early stage that they get something that's um, really good good for them and a, a good service and that you know I'm troubleshooting a lot at the moment and I think that um, all my energy is on the site for the next few weeks but I'm definitely not giving up on the kids book it's, it's something I, I really enjoy doing and it's something that 
relaxes me and makes me happy so hey, so you doing the whole site yourself then yeah god just a real challenge yourself there Dal. yeah yeah I mean it really was I mean it was insane I, I, I had no experience in building websites I had a couple of false starts where I tried to start building on various platforms and just completely failed because I, I didn't understand how to use the platform I couldn't get my head around it um I found Squarespace and I found that more intuitive uh, but still really hard and I literally spent hours and hours with people on helpline saying oh well, what do I have to press so which, which button is it that I have to oh don't it's just that sounds so painful that sounds so painful <laughs> it was I mean I, I describe it as kind of instead of a learning curve it was like a learning wall it was a learning <laughs> brick wall that I just hit myself against for a few months um, well, you're emerging then, now this is a great feeling you are emerging it is. <laughs> it is it is also I guess as well in terms of you know talking about developing the site and stuff it's going to be a thing that the more people who've got products like this who are aware of it the content on your on your site will build you know the range of the things that you can put on there exactly what's wonderful is since i've um the, the site's launched i've had thousands literally thousands of emails from people saying what about this product what about that amazing product? so that's really nice it also means that i literally can't open my emails as fast as they're coming in <laughs> it's like cardiac arrest every time you look at your inbox it's a great place to be it will you know it's one of those things that's vile at the time but it's definitely worth it but talking of that we touched on it a bit earlier how how do you find uh, managing your time between all of these different bits and pieces it's notoriously one of the hardest things i think when you're setting up on your own i just wonder if you you have any tips on any of that yeah i'm probably not the person to come to for tips on that <laughs> because I am like a toddler whatever is shiny and in front of me is what I'm looking at yeah so I'll get I'll get an email from someone and I'm like oh that sounds really interesting I should be on this podcast and then yeah well that's a good know, answer by the way PS just <laughs> exactly <laughs> but then someone someone will send me another email and, and tell me that um there's a couple of mistakes on the website and I'll be like oh it's really important that I that I do that and and actually while I'm at it I should go through the whole website looking for mm. spelling mistakes and then I'll I'll have a little bit more of a think and I'll think, oh, well, actually, what I sh really should be focusing on is building more products. So I'll start doing that. And I'll actually start doing lots of things at, at once and not really getting anywhere with them. So I'm really trying to work on that. And that's definitely something that I've had issues with. But my boyfriend is a, a TV producer, so he is very good at prioritizing and saying, <laughs> right, this is the first thing that you're doing. This is the second thing you're doing. And this is the third thing you're doing. And as soon as I have that, then I'm away and I'm fine. It's it's when my brain is left to its own devices that I have issues. I love this though. Your boyfriend is turning more and more into Mr. Perfect Pants by the moment. It's like, yeah, he's, he's got it nailed. He's got it nailed. Good teamwork. Yeah. Tara, tell me, if you had a bit of advice that you wish you'd been given when you kicked this off, what advice do you reckon that would have been? Go to people for help more. Don't try and do things yourself. Um, ring people up, anyone who may be involved in something similar or may have experience in something you're trying to do and just ask, ask for help because people are so generous and, and often so willing to give it. She's a wise one. 
definitely easier to give advice, though, isn't it, than do it yourself. That's the only trouble. I absolutely empathise with that. Can dole out the advice, but doing it yourself is a whole different story, isn't it? What an interesting lady to chat to, though, this week. I found that statistic just mind-blowing. Thank you very much, Tara, for your time. And also thank you, you wonderful person, for putting us in your ears. We are so super grateful. If you like what you're listening to, don't forget you can check us out on iTunes. Just search Passion Pods. We're on there. And you can subscribe to us on there so that we just plop into your little app on your phone and you don't have to do anything else, really. Just listen. Um... Find us on Twitter as well and Facebook in the meantime, at Passion Pods. We actually do advice from our latest podcast. We just put a little bits of those up each day on our Twitter account. So if you're wanting something that's going to give you a little bit of inspiration or at least distract you from the usual other Twitter bits and pieces, then find us on there if you fancy. Now listen, heads up, March is looking a little bit crazy for us. So we're actually having to shunt our Passion Pods to once every couple of weeks through March. So we've got this one for you and then our next one is coming out in two weeks' time, which is a little different from usual. Apologies all round. If you're feeling stressed about it, don't forget we've got an archive with approximately another 84 on there. So, you know, hopefully that'll keep you busy in the meantime. Um, but, yeah, we're doing two this month and then we'll be back from the beginning of April with our weekly podcasts for you. So no stress, it's just a temporary measure. Uh, so look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks for our next podcast, chatting to a lady that if you are in a creative industry, you definitely want to know about because she's come up with a brilliant, brilliant idea to help creatives uh, sell their stuff wholesale in a really friendly and generally a bit of a nicer way. Very much looking forward to sharing her word with you. So see you in a couple of weeks for that. <laughs>